Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of 1 Corinthians. Paul is giving the carnal Corinthians some much-needed advice. And for us today, in the, in the church today, uh, I think it's all of this, this letter is great advice for all of us in the church today. Now, um, Paul has been dealing with the material blessings of this world, with the spiritual blessings that we already have in the church and we need to keep these separated and we need to not get wrapped up in the material blessings of the world because we already have the spiritual blessings in the church. And Paul is now shifting to try to make the point to keep the church pure. And uh, so we're coming to a section now we're dealing with the hypocrisy that was in the in the Corinthian church. They had sexual immorality involved there, lawsuits among believers, and, um, you know, all at the same time, they're, you know, bragging about sending out missionaries, you know, and, and winning souls for Christ. And in the church today, you know, if, if McGee makes the point that if we don't handle um, divisions in the church, sin in the church, as we, as in our own lives, the church becomes powerless and just like that, we become powerless in Christ. So, Paul's main point, get rid of whatever is evil among you, among yourselves, and among the church. So, we'll jump right in here. Chapter 5, um, verse 1, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that's not even tolerated by the pagans, for a man has his father's wife. Verse 2, and... You are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. Okay, Paul's saying, get rid of this sin in the church. Verse 3, for though absent in the body, I'm present in the spirit. And as if present, I've already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. Even though I'm not there, Paul's saying... I can tell you, that's wrong. 
Verse 4, when you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. McGee expanded on this that he said, give this person up to Satan. Get rid of this person from the church. And if Satan's going to have his way with it, way with him, he's either going to have his way with this person and he's going to be destroyed or he's going to have his way with this person and this person's going to realize his errors and he might be saved. McGee made the teaching point that, you know, God allowed Job to be delivered to Satan to work his way with him because um, Satan was saying, hey, you know what? You let me handle him, and I'll show you he's not faithful. And God did, because God felt that Job would be faithful. So, in the same kind of thinking, um, he said, deliver this man to Satan. So that Satan might have his way with him, and he might turn. From this way. Verse 6 Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Let you know, uh, in other words, a little bit of um, uh, leaven put in the bread grows and makes the bread rise, but it, it changes the bread. So, leaven is often referred to in scripture as what sin does in our body or in the church, a little bit mixes in and changes the whole uh, uh, bit of, uh, of dough. So cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. In other words, you don't have that leaven working in you. You don't have that sin working in your body. So that's why they said remain without the yeast in the dough because the yeast works in the bread. Just a little bit changes the whole bread. Verse 8, Let us therefore celebrate the festival not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. In other words, without, you know, it's like the the, the bread, the dough without the, the yeast is sort of like your body without sin. Verse 9, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of the world or the greedy or the swindlers or the idolaters since you would, since then you would need to go out of the world. But I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he's guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reveler, drunkard or swindler, not to even eat with such a one. Okay, in other words, he's, stay, he's saying, I'm telling you also to stay away from sexual immorality in the church. For what have I done to do with judging outsiders? You know, he's saying, I don't, I don't judge the world. He goes, but we can judge what's going on in the church, right? So you can pass judgment there. Verse, uh, in continuing verse 12, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Verse 13, God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. In other words, God's going to judge the world. God's going to judge people outside the church. But 
But inside the church, you got to judge what's going on to keep the evil from being in the church and purge that evil. Just like you've got to have your own conscience to judge your own body, your own self, your own actions. Because if there's something wrong that you're that is within our lives, we've got to judge that for ourselves too. So, we're going to stop here. Real practical day-to-day advice. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through 1 Corinthians. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to verse 13. So we have come to another division, but it's not one of the two major divisions that we have talked about in this epistle, but is an important division and is concerning the conditions in the Corinthian church. So it concerns scandals in the Corinthian church from chapter 5 to chapter 6 and here it has to do with impurity and in chapter 6 it has to do with lawsuits among members so these are very practical problems and questions that the church also faces today meaning that we are living in a day of carnality even as far as the church is concerned So scripture reads, chapter 5, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians. Is it actually reported that there is sexual immorality among... Sorry, let me just read that again. It is, sexually re- it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as not even named among the Gentiles that a man has his father's wife... So this is the case that was up before this church. It wasn't gossip and, you know, it was actually factual and it wasn't just a rumor. Verse 2 goes on to read, And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who does this deed might be taken away from among you. So Paul here is dealing with you know, a very grievous sin. So what was happening in this church is that they were compromising with this evil. And if we turn to Matthew 18, verse 15, it reads, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, You have gained your brother. So the Lord Jesus actually is the one who said this. And this is a case of compromise with evil. Here, there was no need, you know, to actually even look for proof. It was acknowledged as it wasn't a rumor or gossip. And Paul never dwelt on rumors or gossip. This wasn't a questionable sin. 
It was a glaring sin that was recognized by the world outside as being sin. You know, the Gentiles. It was actually incest. So here we are not dealing with a questionable sin, you know, such as smoking or putting on makeup. You know, these are sins that you can actually like kind of like question based on the situation. So they are certain things that are questionable sins. But this here was not was not as far as the word of God is concerned, a questionable sin. It was just a grievous sin. So the other thing is the church did not need to establish or prove that the act was wrong. Another thing is the church tolerated it and condoned it by doing nothing about it. So they actually compromised. So a pure church is a powerful church. A pure church that deals with all these problems and, you know, does not compromise is a powerful church. A church... um, and an impure church is a paralyzed church. You know, the power of a church actually diminishes. And we have a lot of that today. We have a lot of uh, impure churches and there is no power in the church because churches tend to compromise with a lot of th- things. You know, we can see this is actually a glaring sin and they just tend to, you know, just ignore it because probably maybe the person involved in that sin or who that sin actually relates to is, you know, maybe a... High, high like a, a um very like um one of the highest contributing members of the church or maybe the person is is wealthy or things like that um so they tend to just like ignore it and um not do anything about it verse 3 goes on to read for i indeed as absent in body but present in spirit have already judged as though i were present him who has so done this deed. So Paul says this must be dealt with. This was a man living in a, a, um, adultery with his father's wife. That's his mother, you know, his stepmother. Because apparently his father had married again and he was living with with um, with uh, this woman who his father had married. So the Gentiles... In that day, they didn't do that. And these are people who were, you know, who didn't have the light. But they, um, today, you know, it's like normal. People actually do that because apparently we're more civilized. Um, scripture goes on to read verse 4. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So Paul here is saying that they should meet together. And if this brother won't forsake this sin, then he should actually be delivered over to Satan. And I know it's like a weird thing to say and all. And Paul actually meant it. And this is something the word of God actually teaches. Job, for instance... Um, he was delivered over to Satan because Satan came to God and said he couldn't touch Job as he was a good man. And if Satan got to him, he would actually show God that if he was, <clears throat> if, if Job was true to God and uh, loved God and the Lord allowed Satan to get to Job. So this, um, and, and he wanted to actually say, oh, this man, he says he loves you. If I get to him, let's see if he's actually going to... Um, 
still continue loving you. And, you know, this is a comfort that we, we have as children of God today that Satan won't touch a child of God unless God permits it. And if he permits it, it's for a reason. So the Lord Jesus Christ said to Peter that Satan desired him and um, the Lord was going to turn Peter over to him. And Simon Peter was turned over to um to, and was turned over and he um, denied the Lord Jesus Christ that night, which was as bad as what Judas Iscariot's sin, like what he had done. But Simon Peter came back to um, came back because he actually hated uh, the deed he had done. He hated it. So um, and he actually came back and, and asked for forgiveness and all. So the Lord, you know, he had he. he when he permits a child of God to, you know, um, for Satan to get to him, you know, he always has a reason. Um, you know, like in this case of this particular person, turn him over and let's see how, how he's going to survive. He's living in sin and he's thinking, oh, hey, I'm a superstar. And, you know, if he turns over to Satan and Satan kind of like whoops him up quite good, he's going to run back to God. So Paul in First um, Timothy one twenty. Um, says to Timothy, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, and they may learn, or that they may learn not to blaspheme. So here were two professing Christians who were blaspheming, and Paul turned them over to Satan, you know, to kind of just whip them up into shape. Today, we have a number of people in the faith that are actually hurting the cause of Christ in our churches. And, you know, we have the right to actually pray to God to deliver them into the hands of Satan that they might be dealt with so that they don't hurt the body of Christ. So Satan will work them over and he will work them over good. And this will actually either bring them to God or reveal whether or not they are genuine. Okay. Verse 6 goes on to read, Your glorifying is not good. Do you not know that a little uh, leaven leavens the whole lump? So this church in Corinth was shutting their eyes to this and compromising by the silence, uh, by their silence and not dealing with um, the sin that's in the con in their congregation so they were busy bragging about you know missionaries that they were um sending around you know they were boasting of the fact that they were they were actually true to the bible they were hypocrites but they were ignoring you know the sin that was in their church so paul says their boasting is not good so the leaven is not good but you know, anywhere in scripture where you see leaven, it's, it's, it's not good. It's actually a principle of evil and it is here and everywhere else. Verse 7 goes on to read, Therefore purge out the old leaven and that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened for indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. So we ought to get rid of the evil in the church. We ought to cut off the cancer. So if evil in the church is not dealt with, one day it will blow up like leaven in bread. You know, when you put leaven in bread, in dough, 
it will keep rising and rising if it's not cut off like we uh, you quickly chuck the bread in the oven it will spoil so the leaven in the church will destroy the effectiveness of the church the feast of unleavened bread followed that leaven followed um afterwards and you know that leaven was evil so that they had the feast of unleavened bread verse 8 goes on to read therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth so sincerity you know it never saved anyone but if one is a child of god one will be sincere and you know we are today in need of sincere believers so we we need sincere believers amongst ourselves so the church in corinth was in the midst of gross immorality they thought they could get by with it and they were insincere and pretended like everything was all right so they were keeping a you know a blind eye to the to the evil that was happening verse 9 goes on to read i wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexual immoral people sexually immoral people so um, the city was filled up with fornicators it was given over to gross immorality verse 10 goes on to read yet i certainly did not mean with the sexual immoral people of this world or with the covetous of or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters since then you would need to go out of the world verse 11 but now i have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolatry or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner not even to eat with such a person so paul is saying that this man was actually permitted by them to actually come and fellowship with them he's not talking about like the world obviously he's saying you know if you try to keep away from thingy from you know this list that is given here you know you have to get out of the world because they're everywhere but these people were actually having fellowship with them this person was amongst them so was with them and they ate with him and accepted him as one of their own and you know they were not um questioning him for his sin and he's living in sin but they condemn this when it's actually outside of the church but they're not condemning it in their own church so paul has condemned it and outside the church he's condemned this and it's also condemned outside the church is frowned upon so this city was given over to sexual immorality which was done in the name of religion with you know the 1000 um priestesses in the temple of Di- in the temple of aphrodite or venus these were just um prostitutes harlots and you know they called themselves um priestesses so this church in corinth thought that they could actually drop down to the level of the world so um some are you know some of the churches today they have lost power you know as it has actually dropped down to the numerality so most are actually compromising and shutting their eyes and letting the world come in today you know, an impure church is a paralyzed church. A pure church is a powerful church. And this is true. 
also for an individual. You know, today we have a lot of um, people who are changing their beliefs just to fit into the new morality or churches that are accepting, you know, the world um, because it's the new morality. So a little leaven, like Paul said, leavens the whole lump. It just spoils the whole lump. So there's nothing like, oh, no, it's just, you know, we're just accepting this particular thing because that's just how this works nowadays. No, that little leaven is going to spoil the whole thing. You know, an impure church is a paralyzed church. A pure church is a powerful church. Verse 12 goes on to read, For what have I to do with judging those who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? So Paul is saying it's not his business to actually judge the people on the outside, but he is actually dealing with those uh, inside the church. Verse 12, oh sorry, verse 13 goes on to read, but those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. So, you know, and how did things actually work out? here so if we um you know with this particular case that they had so if we turn to second corinthians so second corinthians 2 verse 4 to 7 reads um second corinthians chapter 2 verse 4 to 7 it actually reads for out of much affliction and anguish of the heart i wrote to you with many tears not that you should be grieved but that you might know the love which i have so abundantly for you but if anyone has caused grief he has not grieved me but all of you to some extent not to be too severe verse 6 this punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man verse 7 so that on the contrary you ought rather to forgive and comfort him least perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too with too much sorrow so the church actually dealt with this and when it's you know and 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 you know when it does all work out this man actually came in deep repentance so when paul puts it down on the line so today we need we need actually courage to actually point out sins to point out the sins of of other people and you know the guilty um people like david um was actually pointed out by the prophet and um you know the sin comes out we need that courage today and not just you know hide behind like oh my gosh this person is like a senior member of the church and all because this actually um you know it kills the cause of christ um you know a little leaven leavens the whole lump like paul says and then in second corinthians actually chapter 7 verse 7 chapter 7 verse 12 it reads Therefore, although I wrote to you, I did not do it for the sake of him who had done the wrong, nor for the sake of him who suffered wrong, but for our care for you in the sight of God might appear to you. So Paul says he did this for the welfare of the church, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we should not compromise and look the other way or sweep you know all these things under the rug 
God won't and can't bless it if God will judge it. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. I hope you all enjoyed today's study. You know, there's much to actually... Uh, to actually like um you know learn from you know it's it relates to um us a lot you know it's it's about you know having the courage to speak up if 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 um someone is doing wrong so yeah this is our teaching for today thank you all for listening in god bless you all and have a pleasant day bye bye